Hi, thanks for joining our Lunch Break Podcast. We hope you enjoy the time you spend with Ben and myself, Paul, as we talk through issues in pastoral ministry as well as all things related to the NBA. Is that a weird combination? Yes, it's always peanut butter and jelly when you think about it. So grab your lunch and join us during our Lunch Break Podcast. Hi, welcome to our Lunch Break Podcast. Um, I am here with my co-host Ben. How's it going? Uh, we are having breakfast because <laughs> we, uh, due to some scheduling conflicts this week, we couldn't uh, have our lunch and uh, record this podcast. But the reason why we had to keep pushing it off and things like that is because we have a special guest here today. Uh, this is our buddy, uh, Pastor Josh Cho. Uh, Josh is married. He has uh, one baby boy and another one on the way. Not a boy, do we know yet? No, no, no not yet. And uh, second, his second baby on the way. Uh, he's a youth pastor out here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and uh, he's pastoring about 100, and, oh, 100 plus kids, mm-hmm. um, which is really ridiculous. I can't imagine trying to do that. It's um, a lot. Yeah, it's too many, honestly. <laughs> you should just <laughs> preach about Calvinism and cut some of those numbers. Right <laughs> uh, but we're so happy Josh is here with us. Uh, this morning. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, Josh. Um, so Josh, I think just to kind of give us a brief, maybe a more detailed introduction, how, how long have you been in your current ministry? Uh, I think about five years. You've been a youth pastor at the same church for five years? Yes, sir. It was a pretty long time. Yeah. It's a Korean long time. church too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is rare. That's something I always uh, talk, or like, um, I'm always impressed with Josh about is that Rarely, rarely do we find uh, uh, youth pastors at Korean churches, especially with a seminary like you know, like a little less than an hour away, um, stick around at a Korean church in a youth pastor position for that long. But um, I'm always super impressed and encouraged by that by Josh. Um, and then, and then how long? And obviously, this uh, podcast is about bivocational ministry. You're also working on the side. How long have you been doing that? Like juggling between jobs and and uh, working in the ministry. Uh, juggling between jobs, I think the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. yeah. What jobs have you worked other than uh, while being a youth pastor? I worked as a valet. Oh, that's right. I, was, I worked as a yeah. valet too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually hit a car, I remember. <laughs> Backed into like another car or something. Tight guy. Yeah. So valet? Valet. And then you know, I drove for, for Lyft and Uber for a while. Mm-hmm. Now I work as a sales rep at Metro. Oh, that's right. Okay. So how um, how did you become a bivocational Wait, minister? we didn't talk about what we're eating right now. Oh, that's right. I was to say, what are you eating, Ben? I'm eating some cereal, some honey bunches. That's a good cereal. Yeah. Do you like like healthier cereals like this better, or do you like the childish like Lucky Charms type cereals? I don't like the childish ones. You don't? Yeah. It, I still it, love childish. <laughs> <laughs> Cookie Crisp, Lucky Charms, Fruit Loops. <laughs> Like cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> now I really do like this stuff too. No. But yeah, I still like the kitty. I've actually never liked the childish ones. Really? Yeah, never. What What did you eat growing up as a kid? Like honey nut Cheerios, like um, these, and probably the most childish is like Frosted Flakes. <laughs> what? Yeah. Did you have like dumb childish cereals too, Josh? Absolutely. Apple Jacks, Pops. Apple Jacks. <laughs> pops. Oh my goodness. Gotta have my Pops. Um, and I'm, um, I'm eating a, a Boston cream donut and two kolaches and a Sprite. <laughs> From where? 
Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, wow. There's that one that's like right behind your place here. Yeah. And it's like connected to a Baskin Robbins. Yeah. Like, it's just literally the most childish thing. <laughs> Donuts and ice cream, like right in the same store. So we have a uh, we have the uh, Dunkin' Donuts today. Oh. You know, if uh, if anybody from Dunkin' is listening. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, okay, back to the question. Josh, how did you become a bivocational minister, and and why? Why did why is that the path you decided to take? Um, I don't think I chose it. It was just kind of, you know, something that I had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, especially now that you know, married and have kids, um, and it just wasn't cutting. And my wife couldn't work, and um, so it wasn't like a choice that I I, I made mm-hmm. per se. Sure. Um, Something that I had to do. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I was even going back to our seminary days. You were probably one person that always worked. Um, yeah, I think out of all of us, um, I think at some point we all kind of worked different jobs. But you were consistently doing part-time ministry and working and going to seminary full-time. Um, is there is there any reason why you were like you chose to do that even then? Because I think this started even before you got married which was pretty crazy which I, yeah i think like you know what paul was saying like I, your commitment your willingness to kind of sacrifice is, is something that we don't see a lot of nowadays and i think you know it's, it's pretty respect it's respectable and i wonder if is, is there any reason why you chose to do that even then yeah i just i just want stuff Good word. Good word. Okay, so yeah, so really kind of just thrust into a position where you had to work, obviously, to provide for your family and things like that. Um, how would you say bivocational vocational ministry has helped your ministry, just as a youth pastor, if at all? Um, uh, I think it helps a lot in 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 getting to understand uh, the congregation. Um, not so much the youth kids, but uh, parents and teachers sure. uh, and volunteers. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard um, working throughout the week and then coming over the weekends and doing ministry. And um, so I could definitely empathize with with our teachers and volunteers and, and parents. Um, so it's been helpful in that in that area. And man, we have a lot of teachers and and lay people that just. No, they they live at church and they have a full time job and so it's it's very encouraging and me as a leader as a pastor I think um, it helps that you know I sympathize and understand what they're going through as well so mm-hmm. yeah that's true I think it's the same way about my job is like knowing that so my congregation is it's way smaller and we have a lot of young adults like working in young adults and. Um, yeah, it's weird, like, just understanding what they're going through. And then they also, like, feel like they have a connection with me, mm-hmm. too, now. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if you have this issue in um, your churches, but, like, pastors, especially, I think, I want to say this is even, like, a Korean church culture thing. But pastors at church, like, they're kind of put on a pedestal that they're, like, mm-hmm. holier or something, mm-hmm. right? Special, <laughs> one of the faces. And maybe that's the view of calling. Episode one, you should check it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but there's they're put on this pedestal, and so they feel like uh, they, there's not a lot of they can't relate or something, Absolutely. you know. Like it's hard to connect with the pastor yeah. because they're too holy or something like that. Way or they can't relate. Right, exactly. But so for me though, and maybe it's because 
this might have to do more with me being an EM in the English ministry, but um, but working full time and then them working full time, like now they feel like they can, you know, just come to me and talk about work, you know, like how it's been. And I, I feel like I can ask them about work and understand where they're, go- what they're going through, what a, what a nine to six or an eight to five feels like and um, the grind that it really is and how much time that takes up. So, um, and then also keeps me accountable like you said in the sense that like you know what they spend they sacrifice their time on their after work to come to church yeah. and you know come to services or whatever extra things we've had and so I have to, I can also like I have no more excuse to not want to do something especially as the yeah. pastor you know that kind of thing so I totally understand where you're coming from there yeah I, I I think even in my through my congregation the EM at least is a lot of college and um, young adults like just just starting to work, just starting to get into their professions. Um, some of them, uh, they're in situations where they're not getting jobs that they want. Mm. Um, so I think I can relate a lot too with that. You know, just just uh, I I I'm an accountant right now, and I and everybody asks me, oh, was that your major in college? Mm-hmm. And it's like the first question they ask whenever I say like I'm, I'm doing accounting, and I'm like, nope, that's, that's not <laughs> what I studied. I think the last like any class that had anything to do with um, finance or uh, economics was um, uh, was directly in high school my senior year and then uh, and then maybe like statistics in college but I, 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 I it's been I never went into that field and it was just kind of something that um, I did out of necessity as well you know just income wise uh, for my family um, so I'm able to talk to them a lot about it but I think for me the biggest area is a lot of the older members at our church being able to relate to them and mm-hmm. understand what they're going through, understand Absolutely. how they're pushing through, and um, like our deacons, and it, it's just crazy. Like you, you gain such a greater respect for them. Mm-hmm. You know, just just Absolutely. willing to sacrifice so much. You know, and their weeks and then their um, weekends, and it's you know. I think as pastors, you always think, oh, like we're doing so much mm-hmm. because we're in in work all week, and then you know, leading people and then sermon prepping. But you start to realize like. No, a lot of these other church members, their their life is pretty committed to the church as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, how has uh, uh, how has it hurt your ministry? I think um, there's a lot of benefits. There's definitely a lot of benefits, and getting get, uh, being able to understand other people, being able to understand the church members. But um, in any way, has this hurt your ministry? Do you think? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it takes away time. You know, um, I mean, ministry is not an eight to five. Uh, job but so working definitely you know hurts ministry as in you can't you can't do as much you mm. just you just can't everyone has 24 hours in a day and so um, well can you maybe briefly go through your like weekly schedule what it looks like with work and ministry because you're part-time working mm-hmm. and you're like half-time at, at church so like you know when do you work how long and then like what time does that leave for ministry family stuff like that maybe can you talk to Absolutely. So Monday through Wednesday, I go to work from 10 to 8. Um, and then Thursday, uh, we have early morning prayer. So I go to church early morning prayer uh, till 5. Friday, early morning prayer till 10 because we have evening service. And then Saturday, it's from 10 to 5 and then church uh, on Sunday. So morning to, to 9. And so juggling church work and family um yeah there's there's really not much time to um, do much of anything dang 
That's like way over time. <laughs> so you have at church you have office hours and stuff like that absolutely mm-hmm. you have to stay there and that and is that when you get most of your work done like sermon writing things like that bible studies anything like that like during your office hours or um i try to i think it's just the morning time morning office hours and then um after it's 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 meeting people it's mm-hmm. meeting other staff teachers volunteers and students mm-hmm. um so yeah, I think most of my my sermon prep comes uh, from early morning prayer till around ten, mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Okay. <clears throat> and you said it. So I'm sorry, I, and I interrupted you in the middle of our other question of how how it has hurt your ministry. So it takes away time. Mm-hmm. What is there any other way that it's hurt your ministry? Um. I think we're just more prone to burn out, um, uh, lose focus. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. I mean, we're definitely tempted to, you know, underprioritize the, the ministry, especially with family, um, things like that. So, um, yeah. Oh, so you think you underprioritize ministry because of work? Yeah, uh, there are times, there are times I think I do that. Um, because I mean, above the ministry, my family is first, yeah. and so providing for them and you know making sure that uh, their needs are, are filled is something that you know I, I struggle with for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can I can feel that. I, I I think just sometimes being at work, you're so focused on wanting to do work well, so you don't you don't <laughs> you don't lose your job. Absolutely. You, you know you don't you don't do a bad job there, and, and that's a lot of stress. I think one thing, even um, uh, if you don't know Josh, he's a uh, he, he, during seminary, he's an avid uh, worker outer. Uh, very, very, very disciplined. Worker outer. <laughs> very disciplined uh, when he works out. And, uh, he, uh, if, you know, I, I, I've seen him just, you know, I've known him for a while now, and this is probably the skinniest I've ever seen him. Like, just, just not, not, you know, not bulking up, not building. And I think that's, you know, that's something that takes away too, right? Yeah, you know, just not being able to work out, not being able to stress relief. Um, sure. I think that's definitely something. That's uh, really necessary. I think uh, our senior pastor always pushes us to like work out. Like, he's been telling my wife to buy me a bike so I can go biking, um, like like a month, a year, because Texas weather is terrible. (laughs) But uh, but um, but I think that's one thing that I've I've realized too is even just stress relief is is really hard to deal with. Like ministry is, um, like you said, it's it's not just a a, an eight to five, a nine to six, you know. But at the same time. Um, I think pastors <clears throat> really need to figure out a way to relieve that stress mm-hmm. at times, you know, and pull, pull out of that, and and then even if they go home and they're trying, you know, they're trying to take care of their family and at work, that's stressful too. Then there's just not a lot of time for that. You know, sure. I, I think um, one thing I've been told a lot is just, oh, just like just wake up earlier. But I want to sleep. You know, like, it's just, well, how do you, how do you, there's there's just not enough time in the day for it. You know, I think. Absolutely. Uh, so I think that's um, that's definitely something that's that's hurting ministries. You just don't have time to stress relief. You know, take care of yourself. Yeah, sure. You know, um, in, in order to be there for your family, in mm-hmm. order to, um, I think that's one thing that I thought about more is once you get married, you're like, wait, I gotta stay alive. <laughs> you know, I think when you're single, you're, it's like you know, like living is good. You know, but you don't worry about that. You yeah, just absolutely. do what you need to do to get what you need. But then, 
once you get married, it's like, no, like I have to be there for someone, mm -hmm. you know? And I think, um, you know, you have a kid, you have a second one on the way, Paul, you have a kid on the way too. And mm -hmm. it's just like, oh, I have to, I have to be there. For them. I have to be alive for them. You know, I have yeah, to be there to take absolutely. care of them. And, yeah, and if we're just so stressed and bogged down by that, that can be very hurtful um, in our own personal lives, but also with our families. Yeah. It, it kind of leads to the next question sort of is, do you think that there is a special calling to bivocational ministry or um, and is, is bivocational ministry uh, just for anybody to do? Can anybody just pull up that kind of life? So to base that a little bit off of scripture, um, I, I believe it's Acts 18, 1 through 4. I was doing a little bit of research before, mm -hmm. and that's where they get the understanding of bivocational ministry with Paul. Um, it says, after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. So we find Paul in Corinth doing ministry, um, but then he also is working and he's found to to do the work of a tent maker. And I think that's kind of where they base off mm -hmm. that understanding of bivocational ministry, mm -hmm. but just kind of laying that as a foundation for this question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> for me, um, looking at this passage and then looking at a few others, um, it's not that Paul doesn't think pastors should be paid because it's very mm -hmm. clear that he thinks pastors should yeah. be given double honor yeah. like Galatians not to, you know, uh, muzzle the ox, you know, yeah. things like that. Um, but the other thing that I hadn't noticed until I had, I kind of looked it up myself was that like when Paul does uh, work and doing, and doing ministry at the same time, he, um, he, he always does it cause he doesn't want to burden the people to take care of him. Yeah. Right? And I think that's something that gets lost mm. in the midst of this kind of conversation about bivocational ministry is that. I, I feel like, and I'm not, I might be mistaken, but I feel like, like, especially with like church planning, like people who get sent to church plan in an area, they're kind of expected to find a, go ahead and just find a job. Hmm. Um, you have your core team members to plant this church in the yeah. city or whatever, uh, but you're supposed to find a job. You have to take care of yourself like mm -hmm. that. And they don't, they don't necessarily fund you uh, right away anyway. And uh, maybe because if you're coming, especially with a group, right? Like if you're sending a, if you're being sent by a organization that is. Um, and what kind of gets lost is that like how the reason why uh, Paul uh, or the people in scripture seem to be getting jobs while they're doing ministry is because they don't want to burden the people to take care of them while they're mm -hmm. um, while they're doing ministry with them, yeah. right? And and I think I definitely am guilty of this is realizing that like like especially in the context that we're in in, in Korean churches being youth pastors like I was a youth pastor for a year or two um, things like that like we often complain about pay right like um especially for the hours we work right like and, it, and uh, maybe some of those complaints are fair right but like on the other hand like we're complaining because we like m want more compensation but to what end right is it for like what when you said you're in seminary it's like i just wanted stuff right like and that's true for me too right like um i wanted money so i could you know buy basketball gear you know <laughs> stuff like that uh, or go on vacations or whatever the case was and so it was uh, I would I can I think I can honestly say that I've never 
worked so that I could be less of a burden to somebody else yeah, in a sense, right? Yeah. Or especially the, particularly to the people that I'm supposed to be shepherding and, yeah. and preaching yeah. to and preaching the gospel to. So that was something that hit me kind of hard was just like, huh, I, th I thought a lot about how I should be paid mm -hmm. for the work that I'm doing, for the hours that I'm putting in. Um, but I never thought like, but why should I be paid? You know, like that kind of thing, right? Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just something to think about too. Yes, the bivocational ministry is coming out of, you know, here in the scriptures. And if we're talking about special calling, like, and the reason why I thought it was a good transition from when we were talking about stress releasing, relieving and time for family was just like, I decided to get a full-time job. Before that, I was, I was also uh, doing some part-time work, but, um, but I decided to get something full-time and, and quit school because this was in back in November when I found out that I was gonna have a baby. So as soon as I found out I was gonna have a baby, I was like, okay, I gotta find a job. Like mm -hmm. I just have to, you know. Um, and in a sense, to me, that's the special calling. Yeah. To me, mm -hmm. like you know what I mean? Like it, it's not the magical moment. It's just like sheer necessity, mm -hmm. responsibility. Yeah. Um, that I have to my family to take care of and to provide for them. Um, and that that was the calling for me to like, okay, I have to work, and you know, the the church isn't gonna support me this much. They they are they are supporting me, and I'm I'm fine with the compensation I'm getting, but. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not enough to sustain me, my wife and a baby. Absolutely. So therefore I have to, you know, go into bivocational ministry and, and be able to live this life for, for the time being until God mm. wills something else, you know? So, mm. yeah. So what, I don't know. What about you guys? <clears throat> um, I, it is, it is interesting. I think, um, I think the context that I've heard growing up of bivocational ministry from pastors is always, uh. So that uh, it, it's more of a negative thing. It's more of a it's so the church can't tell me what to you know do or say. They can't muzzle the ox. You know they can't they can't tell me like not to preach about something. Hmm. You know they can't tell me like it's it 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 sounds like it's more of a negative context, but with the desire to be able to preach truth well. Hmm. You know not not feeling burdened or convict or uh, uh, guilty or or. or um, being controlled by the church to, to say things a certain way or to push certain agendas that the church wants to push rather than themselves. And, you know, that's, I don't know if that's more of a Korean church context where um, uh, the the pastor, they have they have their own authority, but um, the, or, the authority is also kind of spread out to some of the, the, el the elders and the ordained deacons that are around too. <clears throat> so with that, you know, the church, um, in some cases, you know, I've heard serious cases where, Churches, churches would push pastors out because they're they're preaching something that they don't want to hear. Um, so there's like a there's something tied to the money that they're giving. Exactly, exactly. Them. So like wow, they, that's they, interesting. They I want them to give them something that they want from church. So oh. then, um, so I've heard it a lot in that context. Um, I think it wasn't until um, I myself got married where I was kind of same situation of like oh I need to provide for my family. Mm -hmm. So um, I think my my parents were very grace, gracious and they they were supporting me a lot um, throughout college and seminary but then when I when I married I think me and my wife had a conversation of oh you know we need to separate you know we need to be able to handle our own uh, we, we can't rely on um, them all the time and so with that we chose uh, I chose to look for a job and um, even that process I think was so hard because mm. what kind of job you know you want the perfect job you want the one that it fits your schedule exactly and because um, ministry can be so tough um, but I think it's interesting because I also read an article talking about uh, that that what you were talking about, Paul, of, of not wanting to be a burden mm -hmm. to the church, you know, not wanting to be a burden to the people around you. Um, and even when we talk talked about how we came into doing bivocational ministry, it, it, it's not that necessarily. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more we need to provide. Mm 
you know, you know? so um, I think uh, kind of going over this topic made me think about that like am I thinking of doing this job uh, to, to relieve any sort of burden from the church um, for others or am I really just doing this in, in more of a selfish way you know mm-hmm. and, and am I hurting my ministry mm-hmm. in that as well sure. you know I, I think um, that's a it's, it's something that I've been uh, it's been really interesting just kind of going over this topic and thinking over it and mm-hmm. um, doing a little bit of research about it you know it's um, Paul never meant to, to do this to provide if anything um, you know he was getting support from the church but he was using this as a time to kind of take the burden off the church for him to take on the <clears throat> burden for him to take that responsibility take on that suffering that sacrifice yeah. you know as Christ did and um, it's just interesting even even thinking that yesterday was uh, you know Good Friday and mm-hmm. remembering what Christ did for us and um, you know kind of think, what are we doing for the church so it's interesting mm-hmm. I think it's um, I think that's, we can only we can talk about it for hours but mm-hmm. um, yeah and what about you Josh yeah I, I think I completely agree um, I like special calling it's I think you know God calls us when He calls us to the ministry He just calls for a wholehearted devotion mm, to yeah. ministry um, but then uh, like we've mentioned I think our circumstances sometimes call for us to to mm-hmm. work um, I think God calls us to you know specifically bivocational ministry he calls us to ministry um, whether that be bivocational or not um, but yeah sometimes circumstances call for us to work um, yeah. for yeah. us to you know share the burden and carry the burden and and so, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a good point. So is it just for anybody to do? Can anybody do this? I, I think circumstantially, based on what we've said, I think circumstantially, it is something that anybody could do. Mm-hmm. And going into ministry, it's not a, it's not necessarily a special calling to be a bivocational pastor. Mm-hmm. I think even in scripture here, right. it isn't, it's not saying, oh, Paul was called to it. Because there's times when he wasn't yeah. working. Yeah. You know, and and so he I, did get support from churches. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's I true. think... Um, it's just circumstantially, you know. He like, was in prison a lot too. <laughs> just get into trouble. Yeah, this guy, this guy man. He was just a troublemaker. troublemaker all over Asia, <laughs> Asia Minor. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think um, it's not necessarily a special calling, maybe, but uh, yeah. something that within your calling and ministry could be something that you have to take on. Mm, that's so, true. Yeah. Good way to put it. Yeah. Okay, um, would you guys recommend bivocational ministry to other other ministers? personally I'll go first <laughs> personally I I think just going through this working full time and, and, and working technically part time um, as the only pastor in my, my department um, it's personally I wouldn't recommend it mm-hmm. I think I would if there's any way to avoid it, I think um, I would I would encourage people to find a way not to. Um, Why? Because I think it's, it's just hard. It's difficult, you know. It's I think so it's hard. it's just not wanting people to go through a suffering, mm-hmm. you know. I think not not desiring for people to to suffer. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think there is benefits to it, and 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 I wouldn't so I wouldn't recommend it, but I would but I would also. Um, <coughs> Say that if you're put in that situation, then you have to do what you have to do. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Is is I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't say, hey, go look for a be- go right, look to be a bivocational pastor. Sure, you know? sure. I, I think it does take a lot away from ministry, and 
um, you know, having to like work if you're working full time, even like having to find time to just even sermon prep is hard. Oh, but yeah. then you gotta you know counsel people, you gotta meet with people, you gotta uh, vision plan, you gotta you know, meet with your leaders. And yeah. There's so many other things going on, and and that's not even you know that's not even talking about like discipleship or you know Bible studies and and all of that. And there, it takes away a lot of time, so I wouldn't yeah. recommend it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but right. I think I would say if you're put in that situation and that's just that, that's that's the only reasonable path left to take then um i would just just hopefully i could be there for that person and mm-hmm. walk with them and, and mm-hmm. be able to encourage them in spite of that and um hopefully be able to to um, help bring them joy in the midst of it because i mm-hmm. think going through suffering can always uh, make us lose sight of that sure. and i think i i, I think I've, pro- I've been prone to that too just um losing joy you know losing joy in this ministry and everything and just thinking like why am i in this circumstance so mm-hmm. i think it's 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 scary, but I think knowing that you're walking with other people is always yeah. helpful. A reminder that you know this, this is temporary. You know yeah. that, that there is something else on the other side. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think for me, um, would I recommend it? <laughs> it? It's it's so hard because like uh, everything that Ben said is so true. It is so hard. It's really difficult. Uh, it takes away a lot of time. It takes up a lot of time. Um, but but here's why I, I, I actually might recommend it. It's simple. Mm. And I think, again, this is circumstantial. Yeah. If you're fresh out of seminary and you've never held a full-time job, like you mm. went straight from like Bible college or something yeah, straight yeah. into seminary, to it, did an MDiv, and you're like now just applying for yeah. pastoral positions, like I would say, no, apply for some, apply uh-huh. to work somewhere. You know, to, <laughs> uh, like go, like like find a, find a like a real, I shouldn't say, as if pastoral ministry <laughs> isn't real, but like, but like a, a you know, find job. a find a find a job that like where you have to interact with people that you won't meet in church. Mm. You know, like yeah, yeah. put it that way. Um, because, uh, like number one, again, I think all the benefits that we talked about earlier, like that, really actually is really beneficial. Like yeah. I think it's actually much more beneficial than earn. Because it's so hard, we don't think it's that much help Absolutely. to, uh, or at least we don't think the pros are that great. But the, I think it's gonna pay off a lot later. We're yeah. actually all of us. Are you 30 yet? Not yet. Not yet. I'm 30. You're about to turn 30 this summer. How old are you? Late 20s. Late 20s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm 20, 20, turning 28 this year. 28. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Wow. So so I think we're young. I think we have to put that into context. We're pretty young, yeah. especially to be pastors um, and things like that. And and so I think we, we haven't felt the brunt of like a hard day's labor like, <laughs> for years and years and years, like uh, like our parents and maybe the pastors before us, maybe they had, you know? Um, and so if, especially if you're, if you're young, like you're early, mid twenties and you're coming out of seminary and you're just looking for full-time pastoral positions, I would recommend really maybe actually taking a year or two mm. to just work, That's you know, maybe save up even, like, especially yeah. if you're not married, you, you can do that. You can save up and, you know, um, you know, grow that responsibility. So do that while doing ministry. Because it's bivocational. Oh, um, yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, put yourself in a place where um, you can do, you can still do discipleship, um, that you can still do um, maybe some teaching here and there as well, um, like itinerant preaching or something. Um, maybe even just being mentored by a, by a more, you know, by a pastor who's had way more experience mm-hmm. and stuff. That would be, like, a, that's a really good time to do that. Um, and I regret, like, not doing that coming out of, well, after I graduated, I, I moved to California to get some mentorship. And um, one of the things my mentor, he had um, recommended was to work, was mm. to just get a full-time job, learn this part of my life, um, 
gain some experience in this part of life so that um, I could be more prepared for ministry, you know? Mm. Um, and so I, I didn't take that advice. I thought school was the right way, and mm. it definitely wasn't. Um, and I, I <laughs> regret not listening. Sorry, Pastor Steve. Uh, <laughs> but I regret not listening to him. And, um, but, but now I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm here where I'm at now. And I'm, even though it is really difficult, um, mm. uh, I think I'm, I'm trusting that it's leading to something more. I think this mm. really does force me to practice faith. Yeah. Um, and yeah. trusting in God's provision. Yeah. Um, and things like that. And God has shown and proved to be faithful all the way through my mm-hmm. short time that I've been working or been a bivocational minister. So, um, yeah. So I actually would, I would maybe actually put nudge somebody in that direction mm-hmm. if if their circumstance was in a certain way, you know. But if they're an older pastor, yeah. I'll be like. No, dog, you need to <laughs> <laughs> find somewhere where your experience and wisdom can be put to use. You know, like, and do that full time if you can. So that kind of thing. How about you, Josh? Absolutely. I think I think I agree. I think um, it depends on on the person and their circumstance and where they are in yeah. life. Um, because yeah, like you mentioned, there there are just enormous benefits. And sometimes, like when we're in seminary, and sometimes when we're you know just in full time ministry, we kind of like get disconnected with uh, our our congregation and. You know, we kind of tend to like forget we're in our like own bubble in our own thing, and kind of tend to forget that you know they're going through life mm-hmm. and there's yeah. there's daily struggles and uh, things that they face and and people that aren't you know believers and 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 yeah. you know going through things <coughs> at their workplace and, and things like that that you just don't necessarily experience if you're just at church all the time. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so yeah, I. It's, it's hard to say recommend right now because yeah. we're going through it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think looking back, it's, it's, it's helped me enormously, you know, um, be connected to them and, and, and be a little bit more gracious in <laughs> the way I, I, I push them. So. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, um, any other questions or comments or thoughts, maybe final, final concluding thoughts about bivocational ministry for you guys? Yesterday, just kind of, um, <laughs> our church did this whole uh, 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 Via Dolorosa, like way of suffering, like presentation and and the Passion of the Christ showing in every like parts of clips of it showing every station. And I was in the final station, and and that's where the clip of the the crucifixion <laughs> was placed. And he's like spending like you know, he spent I think he spent like maybe 30, 40 minutes just just praying for people, and then just like watching <laughs> that clip. You know, just, <laughs> And, and, and I think that, that when it first came out, I actually went with my dad, who's not a non-believer and I was like in middle school mm-hmm. when it came out and oh, I, Passion I, of the Christ. Yeah. yeah oh, Passion okay. of the Christ. And I turned away at that, oh. at that clip. I just couldn't watch it. Oh yeah. It was so like, but then like even looking back now and I still cringe, I still cringe just thinking like Jesus went through all this. And it's probably worse. Cause that's like movie magic, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably far worse than, than what was shown. And, yeah. and you're just, I, I just remember just sitting there like. It's suffering that Jesus Jesus mm. taught us that it's suffering, but then there's always a promise at the end. And I think, um, yeah, when I say like I wouldn't recommend it, I think it's it's not you know it's wanting, not wanting people to go through suffering. But mm. I, I think I agree with you guys in this in the sense that there's so many benefits that come out. Mm-hmm. I think there's um, I think that's why I would always that's why I, for me like I, I wanted the premise that um, hopefully there's people around you if you're going through that situation yeah. that are walking with you yeah, uh, that that can walk that with you. And, um, you know, if, if 
if there are, if there aren't, well, hopefully you have you, you can reach out to us. You know, like we have, <laughs> we have an email at our lunchbreakpodcast at gmail.com. But I I think just as a, a bivocational pastor, I think I'd love to to I think we would all love to be there for people that are, are going through that need. Um, just encourage them, know that they're being prayed for and um, that they're not walking alone in it. Because pastoral ministry can be very lonely. It can be yeah. very lonely, very tough, sure. um, especially if you're going through that uh, that suffering. But um, yeah, Jesus yeah. did it, and, and, and he promises, and he is with us and walks with us, and he puts other pastors around us to uh, help us remember that we are not alone in that. Mm. Uh, so. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Well, Josh, um, thank you for taking this morning to hang out with us. No, yeah, thanks for having me. About a podcast. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you can come on again. Hopefully next time you won't be fasting so you didn't just yeah. watch. <laughs> <laughs> While we were breaking fast, you were yeah. still fast. Yeah. They asked you guys to be a guest speaker. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> flag. flag. <laughs> Well, Ben and I are on our way back to the office. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed your lunch and our lunch and the conversation that we had. Uh, if you have any comments or questions about the conversation that we had, you can email us at ourlunchbreakpodcast at gmail.com or you can download the Anchor app. Uh, the Anchor app is where we are recording our podcast. Uh, there's a cool feature on there where you can leave uh, a voice message or a voicemail uh, for us so that we can listen to later and uh, we may, maybe we'll respond to it in a later episode. So please feel free to do that and uh, you're invited to lunch next week. So please join us next time uh, at our Lunch Break Podcast. <laughs>